0: Immersion Therapy by Philip Harris Liz's hand started to sweat as soon as she crested the hill and saw the town nestled in its bowl of fog. Homiclophobia, her doctor had called it, abnormal fear of fog. The slightest hint of fog or mist sent her spiraling into a full-on panic attack. The thought of actually walking through the stuff left her paralyzed, barely able to breathe. Even photographs of foggy landscapes made her uncomfortable. Her doctor's solution was immersion therapy. In Liz's case, that meant a week in Little Underwood. Little Underwood, he said, was prone to long periods of foggy weather. This climactic quirk would make it a perfect vacation spot for a homoclophobe looking to conquer her fear. A week living here would sort her right out, he said. Liz had decided a weekend would be plenty. Now she was beginning to regret agreeing even to that. She eased off the accelerator and let gravity carry her on down the hill towards the center of town. Her foot hovered over the brake as she cruised past a hospital towards a wall of soft gray fog. There was still time for her to go back, she realized. All she had to do was nip into the hospital car park and turn around. The car picked up speed. Liz gave a little squeak and pressed down on the brake as her car hit the wall of fog. The world disappeared and for a moment all she could see was gray. She braked harder, slowing to a crawl. She cringed, expecting some other, more confident driver to slam to the back of her car at any second. Then the grayness broke apart. The fog turned into ragged shreds that draped themselves across the windscreen as she drove. They reminded her of entrails, but at least she could see where she was driving again. Sunken Lane was on the eastern side of town. The satellite navigation system in the car had packed up just before she arrived in Little Underwood, but she had a few hastily scribbled directions. After a couple of wrong turns, she drove down a narrow, cobbled street and turned right onto Sunken Lane. According to the Internet... Sunken Lane was the lowest point in Little Underwood. Liz could believe that. The fog grew thick again, so thick in fact that it was hard to see the numbers attached to the doors of the terraced cottages that lined either side of the narrow street. The road was bumpy and dotted with potholes, and the car bounced and shuddered. Liz slowed down to a walking pace, her attention half on the road and half trying to read the numbers. She'd made it almost halfway along the street when the engine of her Mini a car that had been old when Michael Kane was blowing off bloody doors, sputtered and died. Liz guided the car to the side of the road and tried the engine. It coughed and juddered, but wouldn't start. As she turned the key again, someone rapped against the window beside her. Liz screamed. Her heart, already pounding after the tense drive through the fog, was now threatening to rip itself out of her chest. She turned, ready to punch her would-be attacker in the face as he broke into the car. There was a woman peering through the window. "'an enthusiastic smile on her face. "'Hello, dear. You must be Miss Curtis. "'I'm Miss Banbridge.' "'Liz closed her eyes and let out a long, slow breath. "'Miss Banbridge, the proprietor of Mulberry Cottage, "'her home away from home for the next couple of days. "'Before Liz could say anything, Miss Banbridge had walked around the car "'and pulled open the passenger door. "'The woman, surprisingly strong, dragged Liz's bags off the front seat "'and started hauling them up the path towards the cottage. "'Come on, dear. I expect you'll be tired after your journey.' Without thinking, Liz swung open the driver's door and stepped out of the car, right into the fog. She screamed again as the moist air caressed her skin. She ran after Mrs. Banbridge, performing an awkward ducking, twisting dance in an effort to minimize contact with the foggy tentacles that seemed to materialize out of nowhere with every step she took. She all but threw herself into the cottage. She slammed the door behind her, then stood in the narrow hallway, fists clenched, heart racing, a river of sweat of Amazonian proportions running down her back. Despite the chill in the air, Mrs. Banbridge's head appeared in the nearby doorway. Cup of tea, dear? It was almost dark by the time Mrs. Banbridge left the cottage. She'd insisted on providing a detailed tour of every single room, including the tiny bathroom. Along the way, she'd given Liz a history lesson of the cottage, sunken lane, and a number of nearby residents. The advertisement for the cottage had called it quaint and homely, and Liz had to agree but it was more than adequate for her purposes. There was even an extravagantly stocked fridge containing more than enough food for her stay. Mrs. Banbridge had insisted the food was included in the rental cost, but Liz couldn't see how that was possible, given how little she was paying. Still, that hadn't stopped her from making herself a sandwich packed full of bacon for dinner. Liz stood by the sink in the kitchen, eating her sandwich and staring out into the garden as daylight faded away. The fog was growing heavier, It rolled steadily up the garden, erasing everything in its path. Thick, foggy tendrils crawled along the ground, reaching towards the house. Liz shuddered, suddenly no longer hungry. She threw the rest of the sandwich in the bin, then headed into the living room to watch some television. She flicked through the channels, settling eventually on a science fiction movie. It was terrible. Giving up, she turned off the TV, lay back on the sofa, and closed her eyes. Three hours later, Liz awoke with a start. The room was freezing. Her feet were blocks of ice, and she could barely feel her fingers. She let out a groan. Miss Banbridge had warned her the cottage got cold at night when she'd shown Liz how to adjust the thermostat. Liz's knees cracked as she stood up and hurried into the kitchen. The thermostat was by the door, and she turned it up as high as it would go. There was a soft rushing sound from somewhere beneath the floor. A few seconds later, pipes gurgled and creaked as hot water was pushed through the ancient heating system. Liz grabbed a glass from the cabinet next to the fridge and filled it with water. Outside the fog was a wall of gray. It was pressed so hard against the window it seemed to be trying to burst through the glass and into the cottage. Liz was about to turn away from the sink when a movement in the fog caught her eye. A dark shadow flitted past the window. Shapes swirled through the fog, shapes that could be children. Liz leaned forward, peering into the gloom. A ball of fog slammed against the window, making it rattle in its frame. She dropped her glass of water and it clattered into the sink and shattered. The fog ball broke apart as though it was made of snow, but for a fraction of a second Liz was convinced she could see a face, two eyes, a nose, and smiling mouth pressed up against the glass. She took a step backwards. Goosebumps ran along her arms. Another child-shaped shadow swept through the fog, but this time it was followed by a much bigger figure. Its hands were outstretched towards the child as though it was trying to grab it, Liz cried out and ran to the door that led out to the garden. She pulled on it, her hand slipping on the metal doorknob. It wouldn't open. She could feel something on the other side, holding it closed. Then she realized the bolts at the top and bottom of the door were locked. She yanked them aside and swung the door inward. Liz froze, in front of her was a wall of thick, gray fog. It shifted and swirled, dark shadows swimming through the grayness like water snakes across the surface of a lake a soft, childlike giggle drifted to her, muffled by the fog. It sounded like a girl. Liz willed her legs to move, to propel her out into the garden to find the girl before whoever was chasing her caught her. They refused to budge. They turned to solid blocks of lead that kept her fixed to the ground. She called out to the girl, telling her to run. The tall shadow of a man materialized in the fog in front of her. It was either the figure that had been chasing the little girl or one very much like it. Long strips of fog reached toward Liz like vines climbing toward sunshine. She couldn't move her feet. A tendril wrapped itself around her wrist. A chill ran up her arm and she yanked it away. There was a tug as the fog broke apart. Liz's legs finally responded and she threw herself backwards, slamming the door shut. Moments later, wisps of fog began creeping beneath the door. Liz ran into the kitchen, scooped her car keys off the table, ran to the front door, and opened it. The porch light was out, but there was a street lamp nearby, and the fog was thinner here than out back, so she could see her Minnie waiting patiently for her. Without bothering to close the door behind her, she charged through the cottage's tiny garden and out onto the street. The air was cold, damp, and Liz could feel the fog clinging to her skin like a spider's web. She reached the car, fumbled for a few seconds with the keys, scratched the paintwork trying to find the keyhole, and finally managed to open the door and throw herself in. She hammered on the door lock, then jammed the key into the ignition and turned it. The car's starter motor whined quietly and died. She twisted the key again. The engine sputtered and backfired. Fog crowded around the car, thickening as it pressed against the windows, obscuring the outside world. Thankful for the meager glow of the street lamp, Liz turned the key a third time. The car made a rhythmic grinding sound for a few seconds, then cut out. She tried again, but the engine was silent. Liz slammed her fist against the fur-covered steering wheel. No! 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 She checked the doors were locked again. She could smell the fog, could imagine it slipping silently in through the air vents. There was a bitter metallic taste in her mouth, and her stomach was threatening to unload the bacon sandwich. Fist clenched tight, Liz closed her eyes and concentrated on her breathing, just as her doctor had taught her. Slow, deep breath in, hold for five seconds, release. Slow, deep breath in, hold for five seconds, release. She reached her fourth breath before she felt the fog creeping up her nose. She screamed and opened her eyes, swatting at the fog that had seeped into the car, but the air was clear. In fact, if anything, the fog had receded. The light outside, the car seemed brighter, and she could clearly see the outline of the street lamp. A car rolled slowly past, had lights cutting through the gloom. As her heart began to slow, Liz checked her watch. It was 2 a.m. She looked backwards to the cottage. The door was open, the hallway beyond ominously dark. Liz checked the locks on the doors for a third time, then reached into the back seat of the mini and grabbed the checkered blanket her mother had given her just for such an occasion. Pushing thoughts of the encroaching fog to the back of her mind, Liz wrapped the blanket around herself, tipped back the seat as far as it would go, and closed her eyes. Things didn't seem as bad in the morning. The sunlight had chased away most of the fog, and the ominous hallway now looked warm and inviting compared to the cold car. By the time Liz had extricated herself from the car, gone inside the cottage and taken a shower, She'd almost managed to convince herself the night's events had been the product of her overactive imagination. Over breakfast, she decided not to leave Little Underwood early after all. She'd paid for the cottage, and she was going to make the most of it. Maybe her doctor was right. Maybe she could get her homoclophobia under control. She started regretting that decision as soon as night fell, and the fog around Mulberry Cottage began to turn from a few pale, atmospheric wisps to a stifling gray shroud everything had been fine during the day. She'd wandered around town, browsing in shops, buying books even though she already had too many. Once or twice she'd even caught herself walking through a patch of fog without her hand shaking. She was beginning to think the immersion therapy idea had been a good one. But after a dinner of fried fish, potatoes, and broccoli, she'd seen the wall of fog crawling up the garden again and the old anxieties had returned with a vengeance. She'd found herself standing at the kitchen sink, hands gripping the metal edge so hard her knuckles had turned to white. She watched as a tsunami of fog flowed up the garden, unable to turn away until the gray wave reached the window and obliterated all trace of the outside world. Liz jumped as the clock on the wall behind her struck eight, snapping her back to the reality of the cottage. It was cold in the kitchen, and her hands were freezing, but her back was slick with sweat. Time for bed, she said. Her voice less confident than she'd have liked. By 8.15 she was lying in bed, curtains drawn tight against the fog, the pile of new books she'd bought during the day sitting on the cabinet beside her. Liz picked the safest of the lot, a holiday romance set in Spain that seemed unlikely to contain the slightest hint of fog, and settled down to read. She made it to chapter five and was beginning to lose interest in the implausible escapades of Julia and Manuel she heard a soft, lilting voice calling her name. Elizabeth. Liz's breath caught in her throat. Elizabeth. The voice was coming from outside. Elizabeth, why won't you come out to play? It was a girl's voice, maybe the one she'd heard the night before, the girl who'd been chased. The girl gave a squeal. Liz threw back the covers. I'm coming. She clambered into her jeans and t-shirt, knocking the stack of new books across the floor in the process. Still fastening her jeans, she thundered down the stairs, through the kitchen, and up to the back door. This time she remembered to unbolt it. Without thinking, Liz swung the door open and ran into the garden. The cold fog wrapped itself around her. Hello? Are you there? A shadow darted in front of her. Wait, she shouted. There was a giggle. "'It came somewhere off to her right, and she turned and moved towards it. "'Something brushed across the back of her neck, and she let out a yelp spinning around. "'The fog swirled in front of her, but there was no sign of the girl "'or whoever had been chasing her the night before. "'Liz chewed her lip, peering through the grayness. "'Will you play with me?' said the girl. "'Her voice was loud and came from right behind Liz. "'Liz turned around, almost losing her balance, but the fog was devoid of shadows.' Where are you? I want to help. We want to play, said a new, deeper voice from over her shoulder. Liz screamed and whirled around. There was no one there, but she backed away anyway, her bare feet finding grass. Who are you? It's okay, said the girl's voice. He's my friend. Liz's feet clipped a hose lying on the grass, and she stumbled backwards. The girl giggled. Liz's hands touched cold metal, a chain, she grabbed it, clinging on to it to give herself a point of reference and stop herself from falling over. "'Leave me alone!' she shouted. Her voice was swallowed up by the fog. No one replied. Liz turned around, looking left and right, searching for the shadows in the fog. There was a creak, the grinding of rusty metal. "'Will you push me?' Liz looked down, following the metal of the chain she was holding until she reached the wooden seat of a swing." There was a girl in a white summer dress sitting on it. Her face was pale, her eyes dark. The girl's hair was long and gray, and it reached almost to her waist. As Liz watched it, it seemed to shift as though a breeze was playing with it. The girl smiled up at Liz, eyes filled with eagerness. Aye, said Liz. The metal chain was cold and the chill had spread up to her arm. She could no longer feel her fingers. A young man appeared from out of the fog, tall and handsome. As Liz's eyes met his, she felt rivers of ice running through her body. Go on, Elizabeth, he said. Push her. Liz tried to pull away, but her fingers were locked around the chain. Please, said the girl. The young man reached out and touched Liz on the shoulder. His fingertips were like shards of ice. Thick, gray fog swirled around her, entwining itself around her arms and legs, seeping into her nose and mouth. The edges of the world softened as a wave of numbness spread through her body. Liz stepped behind the swing and began to push. We hope you enjoyed your stay in Dead Oaks. Today's episode, Immersion Therapy, was written by Philip Harris and was narrated by Edward Whitten. Music in today's episode was Creepy, written and performed by Nicholas Creepy and Haunted, courtesy of Purple Planet. Join us in two weeks for the next episode in Auto story, Aberrant Decoding. For more information, visit www.deadoakspodcast.com or find us on Twitter at Dead Oaks Podcast.